Hey, Tyler. Hey, Jay. It's uh, weird that I'm looking at you through a computer screen right now. Is it? Yeah. I love it. It makes me we, happy. When we sky, are... When uh, skies are gray. <laughs> we are social distancing. Oh. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is the, the heart of the coronavirus. Um, now, you may not be able to tell this from the beautiful kind of mellow gold tones that you're getting in your ears because it sounds so good. And if we do this right, maybe we'll never have to see well, each other again. I, <laughs> isn't that something to shoot for? That's a, <laughs> so uh, I, I got a question. Uh, so we've been home for the last bunch of days. Yeah. Uh, churches are shut down uh, as we all desperately try to figure out um, how to do online community building. We'll come back to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. But here's my question for you today, Tyler. What is the most shameful eating that you've done in your quarantine? Have you have you like housed an entire bag of Doritos or Hostess cupcakes or where what what's been shameful? I uh, I have to say I'm not sure that I've had a whole lot of shameful eating in this time. I've been doing uh, the eating has been my least bad situation i mean outside of my normal shameful eating so <laughs> like i had uh, the usual i mean the worst i've done is like i did two reese's peanut butter eggs which again i mean oh call back to long ago yeah uh, now that we're oh. around the horn this is episode one of season two welcome to episode one of of season two of roughing the pastor everybody it's a brave new world yeah this is a, a, a new in the new season we've decided to make sure everybody stays home we're all on house <laughs> arrest uh, hey, I'm in Studio South. Man. Oh yeah, you I'm, are. I'm holding down the fort. You're not social distancing as well as maybe you should. Oh, uh, I am. This is a completely empty building right yeah, now. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm in my house, I, and I also go to Aldi probably every other day, uh, just to make sure that I get the germs around. Um, I think it's interesting the way that my Aldi at least is set up. The, uh, the it's like the paper products aisle just got deleted. Yes. Like there's no shelves. There's no. There's not even shelves. For, no, they just oh, took man. it all down. We did have there was toilet paper the other day, and I even though we had, not we had probably what eight rolls of toilet paper like bonus in the house, which is yeah. enough. Like we already had our standard stock of toilet paper, but it just made me panic. And then I finally saw some the other day, so I got eight more. So now we're at sixteen. In case anyone's Barely. concerned, uh, thank you for your prayers. <laughs> we made it, everybody. I've yet to buy it in the wild. We usually get ours through Amazon, and when Amazon sold Amazon out, Amazon shut those, down. Yeah, you're yeah. you're in trouble. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I did have two Reese's peanut butter eggs, which is probably about standard <laughs> for this season. This is uh, yeah, the the callback that I was about to say is that we talked at length uh, early on, I think in like the second or third episode about how the perfect, I would say the perfect ratio of Reese's peanut butter to Reese's garbage chocolate is the Reese's peanut butter egg. Yeah. Uh, and you you came back with the king cup, which is also good, but it's got that that ridge the, which I think the ridge I is, like the ridge. It's I'm a high concentration of, of that garbage chocolate. Yeah, I know, it, but it's a different kind. It's like, you know, it's structure. It's yeah, support. That is true. It's yeah. got some uh, some consistency to it. I also I'm so you're sitting you're in Studio South. Yep. Um, I am at my house. I have brought Studio North to my house, uh, <laughs> and I am sitting. I'm laying down on a couch, 
yeah. <laughs> with the microphone on my chest. You are as comfortable as I've ever seen you look as we do this this uh, podcast. I don't, th- well, we did that one in San Francisco where I laid down on a bed the entire time. That was that's true. I was, that was... <laughs> almost asleep during the <laughs> theology of the F word one. Yeah, I'm not quite that relaxed, but it is. Uh, I realized because I was holding it, and then I realized if I just I have it the microphone on a stand, but the stand needs to be it, the microphone needs to be close to my mouth. So by putting it on the stand on my chest, yeah, that's, that's I've got the my way to go. just to complete the uh, the visual. I've got my feet up on your chair. Oh, nice. That you usually sit in, so I'm oyster town. I'm, I'm pretty relaxed too. Yeah. So uh, yeah. hey, the new Jay and Ed variety cast, yeah. Yeah, we uh, again. We'll talk about this more in depth, but uh, as we're trying to figure out, you know, creative ways to do church. Is that uh, so? That came up. Did that? Did the 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 phoenix rise from the ashes as a result of the coronavirus? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Nice. I've been asking for new Jay and Ed variety cast for quite a while. You have, and I, I don't think we quite uh, dusted off the uh, or kicked the dust off in that episode. We still got some work to do. But, oh, nice. Is it posted uh, yet? As of the time yeah, of this up. taping? Oh, I didn't. I looked for it the other day. I couldn't find it. So, she's up. It's called a uh, charcuterie of fruit. Oh, is the name of that episode? Yeah. I don't know. I know what one of those words mean. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't. I, have I done any other shame eating? We ate a lot of pickle chips, like dill, like potato chips that were dill pickle flavored. Again, from all these wonderful thing yeah i made some uh some ranch, yes. homemade ranch dressing which is the my favorite and i made it with this garbage uh uh mayonnaise and boy it was it was terrible and i had to throw the whole thing out and it made me cry oh so that was Sorry. that was the best laid plans don't use garbage uh mayonnaise if you're making your own salad dressing i uh yesterday went to trader joe's they too had no toilet paper, uh, <laughs> but they did have a box of six chocolate glazed donuts. Oh my! I am ashamed to admit that they did not make it home. Was it in um, single-use plastic? There was a little bit of plastic on the cardboard box. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, How how's the single-use plastic hold plastic holding up? You know, it's okay. I've got my Nalgene here. Uh, it's not. I don't feel as virtuous if only because I haven't been doing as much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't been eating out a little bit of grocery shopping, but not much. Um, but that's in a sense, that's better. Cause it's a whole lifestyle change. Right. Like it's, it's definitely, well, I don't know. Cause I feel like, I feel like I was working my way toward a good habit. Of yeah. Not doing oh yeah. That. Yeah. That's true. And like, Yes, I'm still not using single-use plastic, but it's not as front of mind as it was when I was building the habit. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, something I still want. I don't think it's just a Lenten practice. I think that's something I really want to live into. Yeah, I hear that. In the long run, but um, yeah. So no, I, I didn't use didn't use grocery bags there. Oh, that's good. Yeah, but yeah, those donuts were gone before I got back to my house. Nice. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I, I, in a sense like I have been not sleeping well. Um, which is par yeah, for the me course. Too. Um, and I've been very exhausted. This whole situation, we'll get more into it, but this whole situation has been incredibly exhausting, mm-hmm. uh, which doesn't make any sense, but I am, I am beat. I keep yeah. thinking like, Hey, it'll be like Christmas vacation. Nope. Not at all. It is. No. It is a whole lot of work. Uh, yeah. To, to not working home. is a whole lot of work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't think of the most, uh, yeah, I haven't really eaten in two. I feel like I should have eaten some garbage, but I haven't really. 
Well, I mean, now now that I've put the question out there, you know, you could, you get the rest of the Corona break to yeah to really to like step up your game. Eat a whole plate full of regret. I haven't had that yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I'm Jay, and I'm Tyler, and this is Roughing the, the Pastor. It's not roughing the pastors. Maybe just one of us was a pastor. Oh, that's true. Only well, you. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, now you tell me. It's starring Pastor Jay uh, and Tyler. <laughs> uh, but so, you and I, our jobs are to create and cultivate community. Yeah. Uh, to, to encourage people to be together uh, more than just... Uh, online presence but to actually occupy a common place and time and now we find ourselves what are we about a week into a almost per, yeah precisely it last saturday was when we canceled church yeah and we are recording this on a friday yeah so this it was uh yeah, just just under a week that it really became official for me, at least. So that's the question I've been wrestling with for the last the better part of a week, and I am by no means perfect at it yet. Is how do you have community with social distancing? Yeah, yeah. Well, and it all, this really brings to question the whole larger conversation that we have been having about phones and online community. I mean, because really everyone, the entire culture has been thrust into redefining community, at least for this season, as yeah. online connections and phone connections. And everything, the irony behind this is the, the boomers' criticism, uh, boomers and Gen X criticism of millennials yeah. as being just on their phone all the time and only seeing people... Um, only choosing to see a disconnect from the immediate presence of the world around them and failing to notice the connection that those that that people who are on their phones often have with the larger world around them the kind of online connection that they have and that's not to say that that kind of uh, being on your phone is is purely a benevolent experience but that right but that there is there's a trade-off there that yes I may be less present where I am but I am presence also with people who are not in this room and uh we're now having to navigate those waters and to evaluate the depth of that and how one creates true community um with a lack of kind of personal space and i, I my guess is that the younger generations uh, millennials and gen z are far more adept at those types of relationships yeah. than people older than 30 
too. Well, it, it, let me let me clear up a few things because one thing that's been bothering me. Uh, there's been a whole bunch of people gathering at like spring break and South Beach. Uh, they 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 thrust their middle finger in the direction of social distancing. Yeah. The very next news reporter that refers to them as millennials. Yeah. They're not millennials. There may be millennials, but they're not. It's like calling it the China virus. Like the it's there. It's so disparaging of an entire group of people who are not responsible for this. Right. Uh, and so. To, there's nothing gained by calling that group of people who are blatantly in disregard of the public health to call them millennials is is incredibly dis- I mean call them Americans if you, that's what you're going to do and yeah, people right. wouldn't do that because it's like well most Americans are helpful yeah most millennials right. are helping this what about all the boomers who are going to uh, Buffalo Wild Wings every night <laughs> I mean, that's Buffalo the, Wild Wings known as a hot spot for boomers. <laughs> exactly. in our culture. Yeah. <laughs> but that's they do a, love every, some hot wings. Whenever I've been out and about uh, and I should throw myself in there because I've been out quite a bit. But every whenever I go to the grocery store, everybody I see is older than 50. So, yeah. I mean, it's the, the large and I've been surprised every time I've gone out at the amount of cars on the road still. And the vast majority of the people that I've seen have been older than 50. And, and and there's all kinds of barriers. Again, I'm out there too, so it's not there. Are, we don't we aren't necessarily in lockdown from our houses, but it seems to me that the greatest care to actually social distancing and staying uh, in your house as much as you can have been from people younger than fifty that yeah. I've seen them in my. I mean, you put it on the news that these young people are these doing dumb things. Uh, yes, there are, it, there are people of all generations who are being terrible in this, in sure. this scenario. Well, that's, you know, back to the Chinese virus thing. Like, I'm content to call those particular people gathering on the beach stupid. Yes. <laughs> I don't, I yes. don't need to. Because that's a stupid that they're actively being stupid. And it's not disparaging to call those people stupid because what they're, if you're in the act of doing something dumb, don't be offended if someone calls you dumb. And those people are being dumb. Right. And that's not to disparage an entire generation of people. It's just to talk about those specific people who are doing right. dumb things. And I, 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 on that note, as a public service announcement, like this thing only works if we all play by the same rules. Yeah. You know, like, yep. Um, we, we've all got to take a turn at it. So, well, and the hard thing is that the reality of the virus as it is right now is that uh, I think under the age of 10 have effectively no response to it they can be yeah. carriers of it they don't even get sick uh they can have it and not even really notice it they may get a little bit of a cough or like a runny nose uh as you get uh i think up to the age of like 20 then you get like a mild cold like you know you're sick but it doesn't really affect you up yeah. to the age of like 40 or so maybe 45 you do get pretty sick uh and you know that you have something but it's not really fatal by and large outside of like immunocompromised people and people with heart conditions and things like that. Um, it isn't until you get really over 60 and especially over 70 that it is a fatal thing. And that's, yeah. it's not to minimize it, but that it helps to understand kind of the ignorance of younger people to say like, it doesn't affect me. So I don't really care. Right. And that's a very that, different thing. And that's, you know, back to church life. I mean, we, I think, churches were for the most part on the leading edge of shutting down at least for us in my congregation we have a lot of older people here um 
So even for me, the idea, the prospect of like hosting youth group on a Wednesday night, the likelihood of any of those kids getting sick is pretty low. Yeah, you can have a full-on regular youth group and everybody have a blast. The likelihood that we would transmit something to one of the older members of the church is way too high to screw around with. So I think, you know, you just got to do what you got to do to to protect everybody. Yeah, we've been going out to the um, the community park because no one's there and just riding bikes around, like yeah. me and the kids. And uh, last night we went and there was a ton of people, probably like a couple dozen um, high school and college age kids who were playing a like very intense game of, of basketball. <laughs> and I remember thinking, I don't know if they should be doing that. Like it's yeah, not, that's not, yeah, that's kind of the thing that we're not supposed to be doing. But they're not really around old people, but it just seemed like they were pretty brazen about it. Like it was yeah. there, there was it was a full on collection. It almost seemed like a league. Like there were two full courts of people playing. People on on like it was definitely organized. It didn't just happen. Like people, yeah. and I, part of me thinks like, is this the actual basketball team? Like, did the coach say you guys need to get together and do this? Which seems like a kind of thing a coach would do, but yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, how have you at uh, at Wexford been trying to do church in a socially distant scenario? Well, that the interesting uh, that's the TBD. Uh, <laughs> yeah, bearing in mind that we're all making this up on the fly yeah, as we this go. Is, we're yeah. now approaching our second Sunday where this mm-hmm. where we have not met in, in person. Um, we fortunately have a website that's pretty. We're not a very big church. Uh, we definitely are not a church with a lot of resources, um, but we are. We had a, a website that's pretty pretty flexible, um, and so we were able to. I recorded. We uh, we've done this. We had to cancel church twice since I've been there, um, for or I guess just once. But and then I was in another church that had to cancel for for snow, mm-hmm. snow and ice, and so. Um, when we did that last time, I just recorded what the sermon would have been. Uh, just on my just kind of talking to the computer and then posted it on Facebook and I think posted it on YouTube um, and now with our new website I just I did that same thing and just posted it directly to the website so there's that which you can still see it's it's up there it's going to be there uh, and I've gone through this week and kind of created a new part of the website that is just called remote worship and resources and we're mm-hmm. going to post all the stuff there I'm going to um and so recognizing kind of the, the way in which people are going to be um, consuming this worship and participating in this worship is a very different medium than the normal situation. It made less sense to me to film in the sanctuary and try to put music in the sanctuary when there's nobody there to sing it or things like that. Yeah. Um, and so just d- talking directly to a screen made the most sense because that's when we, when we look at stuff on our computer or on our phones – they're like like YouTube videos. Like that's the medium through which people experience stuff online. And so to not use that medium seemed a little silly. And yeah. so the worship that we're doing this week, uh, I'm it's uh, in a similar fashion where I'm going to do the sermon just directly to the computer. But I've uh, asked a bunch of people in the congregation to record different parts of the service. So like to read hmm. the scripture to do the prayers to share certain uh things about what they're doing um in response to social distancing and stuff like that and so i'm and i'm just recording it on their phone i had our our, our organist uh record i 
kind of walked her through how to record herself playing the prelude on a piano. Nice. And just putting the phone at the end of the keyboard. And so she recorded her hands playing. It's actually really lovely. Uh, hmm. She She's a wonderful old lady who, uh, she's a wonderful lady who is older. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, right. Who uh, and 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 someone who is very much technology is not her native language, and so for her to be the first one to give me a video, I asked a bunch of people to give me videos. She's the first one to send me one, and nice. um, and it's and it's lovely. And so uh, the nice thing that I'm going to take all those videos and kind of uh, compile them into one video. You can see it; it's live on our website right now. At the time you're hearing this, because yeah, I right. posted it yesterday. <laughs> um, and the I'm actually kind of excited about it because it gives us the opportunity for the worship service to be, to have a lot more voices than it normally would. Yeah. Um, That's actually I've, a really sweet idea. Yeah. I've asked, and I've asked a bunch of the kids to just say like simple things like welcome to worship and stuff that I can just kind of throw in there. So uh, hopefully this will set up a template that going forward, we can do this um, with greater participation. And again, like people that may not be willing to read scripture in front of the whole congregation can just read it to their phone. Right. Um, and yeah, I, so I'm excited about this model. It does make me, I think that there are more things that we need to do throughout the week and that's the struggle. Uh, we have our deacons and elders are set up in, in our church. The, the deacons is a group of people who are their main, it's an ordained position. So you get called to it. It's different than anyway, you get nominated and you get ordained to it. And, uh, largely in most churches, it is a pastoral um, calling, which means it's a, it's a ministry of care. So, yeah. uh, in some churches, they're the ones who set up like the potlucks and stuff. And a lot of churches, they're the ones who do visitation and, and in addition to the pastor, but they, they'll regularly check up on the, on the congregants. And that's in our church, uh, because we're of a certain size that we can do it. Um, each of our deacons gets a care zone and every member is in one of those care zones. And the deacon is supposed to do monthly check-ins just to kind of, uh, either say hi to them at church and kind of see how they're doing or, or give them a call or something The the deacons uh, ha- largely have that, that ministry of presence and, and we have our elders paired with the deacon. So one of the things that we have done is kind of said to each of the deacons and elders, make sure you are in contact with your care zone this week. Yeah. Uh, so one of the, rather than that being a monthly thing, we're going to try to make it a weekly thing that you're just reaching out and touching base with people and seeing how they're doing. And, uh, we so in effect we have the mechanism for community already set we just don't use it and so this is really an opportunity yeah. for us to be the church in a way that we haven't um so that's, well, that's really exciting uh, thinking about you know cell phones and and the technology and you know millennials are always on their phones or whatever i think this week more than anything has just kind of pointed out to me the level to which all of that are tools um and, and so, like, I came at this week very much looking and saying, I've got this tool belt of stuff. Yeah. Um, I've got Facebook, so, Twitter. I've got YouTube, which is my uh, weapon of choice lately. Um, you know, we have all these tools, and they are not in and of themselves virtuous or unvirtuous or whatever. Um, vicious would be the other word. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, you, you use the tool as you see fit. So, like, we have... We don't live stream, um, but we do record the sermons. So we have a camera set up in the in the sanctuary. Um, yeah. So last Sunday, we did. It was kind of like the Nirvana unplugged of worship services. Mm-hmm. Um, we did record in the sanctuary with no one there, but like instead of being at the lectern or 
um, pulpit, the pastor sat in chairs um, and just did the sermon. Especially that first week, most of us only had 24 hours notice. So if you already had a live stream in in place, that's the natural thing to do. So my criticism of live stream wasn't at all. No, it does... It does feel weird. Yeah, like and it does. Just, I, I think my, my point was largely just going forward. We shouldn't feel locked into this system that made sense when we had people in the room. Right. Uh, there's, there may. It, it's okay to have to be innovative, and especially now that you have some lead time, and 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 knowing that there's not really an end date to this just yet. It will end at some point, but we aren't really sure. Yeah, I, the creativity piece is so huge. Um, I, I we started so we did that video on Sunday. Um. And I started just sitting around jotting down ideas. And we've been doing a daily vlog from Westminster, which... And tell us again, went, what, so you have, there, there are three pastors on staff. Who is the yeah. we that you're talking about collectively? So we have an interim right now. We're in the middle of a transition looking for a new senior pastor. Uh, so Bruce is our interim. We have a pastor for congregational care uh, who oversees the deacons and, and looks in on, on folks. Uh, and then I am uh, the world's longest job title ever. Uh, I've the associate pastor for youth, contemporary worship, and media. Um, and to put it into perspective, just to understand the different responses, your church is legitimately ten times bigger than my church. Yeah. So yeah. we have uh, 170 members. You have about 1,700 members. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's a legitimate ten, which is neither here nor there. It's not better no. or worse. It's just to understand the different responses. My response it, makes sense when you only have 170 members. Your response makes sense when you have 1,700 members. Right. And your team that you're working, like mine is almost all me doing this. Yours yeah. is a team of people who are working together to do it. Right. And that's you know, this is something that's always been true. It's becoming more highlighted now for me uh, that big churches get celebrated as like way better. There are things that are better. We have resources. Like I've not run into a physical or technological limitation to anything I've come up with yet. But at the same time, our congregational care call that we're going to try and do next week takes a boatload of volunteers and a whole lot of time. And like to check in on everyone is an undertaking. Yeah. Um, Well, and yeah, I was thinking that when I was saying how our deacons and elders can legitimately call everybody in a week because you break it up into, we have nine deacons, nine elders. So nine different like split, one we're actually at like 179 split that nine ways everybody's calling like maybe what 20 people like it's not it's yeah. not much uh 15 20 people and most of those are households too so like it, it's it's something that you could do in an evening if you really wanted to but over the course of a week it's not it's not onerous and especially if you have teams then you're splitting that up each person's calling seven or eight people that's a really easy thing to do and one of the benefits of being a smaller church whereas a larger church really it's almost impossible to to think that you could contact each of those people every week yeah yeah it's just crazy so again i i found excitement and and joy in bringing a creativity to this like how can i reach as many of our members as possible with the limitations of we can't actually go see anybody um so i'm totally stealing an idea i i'm a big fan of death cab for cutie uh, and their lead yeah. singer Ben Ben Gibbard has been doing a nightly concert at 7 p.m. He gets on YouTube live uh, and live streams just like out of his home studio. Uh, and I was like, dude, I am stealing that. So like tonight we're doing a live stream worship jam. Oh man, uh, that's awesome! Can you it'll just, can you share the link on the on the Twitter feed? 
absolutely for, uh, for roughing the password yeah i'll actually share that we're recording on friday i'll share it today so that folk if you want to tune in you can yeah, that's what i mean but yeah yeah what's so funny wait, about you'll it share is it on monday or you'll share it the day we're recording <laughs> i will share it the day you're recording okay. we are recording so it's old news by the time you're hearing yeah. this but, if, but you, you know. if you if you missed it this past friday theoretically you're going to do it again next friday so my hope is to do it every friday until yeah. this is over now I have some questions about the uh, copyright, so oh yeah, I <laughs> I have the, tonight at least. I'm only doing either songs I've written or public domain songs. So so a lot of like <laughs> uh, God loves America, God bless America. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, uh, so again, just like the creativity of we would never do a worship him sing live stream under normal business hours. Like, why would you do that? Um, that's but been this one might the, engage people in new ways, you yeah. know? And that's been one of the neat things that I've seen in other places. Like on St. Patrick's Day, there was a, a band called the Town Pants, which is like a, 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 a Canadian band that sings Irish music. Uh, and they were going to have, <laughs> they were obviously going to have a St. Patrick's Day concert and it got canceled. And so they just did a live stream of it. And there've been a bunch of different bands doing live streams of stuff. Uh, Mo Willems, the guy who wrote the, the children's books, uh, he wrote Piggy and Elephant. It, man, I love Mo Willems yeah. with everything. Oh, in he's me. fantastic! And every day, I think every day, or at least every Monday, he's been doing a doodle along with Mo oh, live man. stream, uh, teaching you how to draw. It's yeah. fantastic. Uh, I'll send you the link to that. I, if, actually, if you look at my blog, which is faithisaverb.tumblr, I think that's it. Faithisaverb.tumblr. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll post a link to that too where I, I actually made a blog post uh, where I listed probably 20 different things that are helpful to me in terms of creativity there's a bunch of videos like Crash Course History uh, Crash Course Kids Science Show Friday like a bunch of stuff that are just cool to look at uh, cool to help you learn and then other resources like I, I did um, Cosmic Kids Yoga Yoga with Adria like just ways yeah. to move when you're stuck in your house and then also threw on uh, a couple of live streamed videos, but the Mo Willems thing to say, like, That's even awesome. if you don't have kids, it's just neat to watch a guy draw. And there've yeah. been a bunch of zoos that have been doing that, like live streaming, walk through the zoos. One of the best videos was the shed aquarium in Chicago. Just let all the penguins. The penguins. Yeah. yeah. That's so great. It's great. So it's been, it's been really neat to see the larger like country community yeah. uh, coming together and opening up their doors to say, let's be together and let's do these things together. Uh, and do the, the live streams especially have been really, really cool. Yeah. And that's, I feel like we are right on the edge of it. Like, uh, obviously, when two senators make a whole bunch of money off of stocks. Uh, oh, it was uh, like stocks, four. It was a lot of them. Uh, obviously, you want to call out corruption when you see it. Obviously, when it, you know, blah, blah, blah. I feel like we are on the edge of kind of sort of losing the partisanship that has been so toxic. Um, we at least stand the opportunity that we could. It's definitely, uh, it, it's it's fighting against it in a way that... Yeah. Uh, I mean, we are about as partisan as we've ever been as a country, at least in, in modern history. That We've definitely been this partisan before in the past, but we don't remember that because nobody knows history. Uh, yeah. But the, I mean, like the 1800s, it was really bad. And the 1920s was actually really bad. Who would have thought? I love all yeah. the people who are like, I want this to be like the 1920s. And the, and then the world's like, okay, Great <laughs> so Depression. So far, so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, bars are closed. Oh, I don't know why. Uh, like it's been pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty consistent. Yeah. Uh, with how the 1920s went so far. So way to go, Roaring Twenties. We got gotcha. um, Yeah, That's that, our Spanish flu right here. Exactly. Here. To your point, though, I, th I think that, yes, the, there is the partisanship is starting to crumble a bit. 
Um, we'll see how much that holds up because we're a real partisan. And, and the one thing about partisanship and uh, kind of people in power is that they, they push back and fight against uh, systematic change. So yeah. in order for there to be a fundamental change, there's going to be a lot of pushback. And that's, yeah, there definitely will be. Um, but I, I get excited by the ways that we that we have found to kind of come together around this, you know. Um, again, I'm picking on Ben Gibbard a lot just because I do it every night. Like something to tune into at 7 that we're all all part of, uh, you know. He does it every um, night? Every single night at Man. 7 seven o'clock Eastern. Uh, you know he was married to Zoe Deschanel? I did know that, yeah. yeah. And I try to think, and then they got divorced, and I'm like, "Oh no, is this whole album about Zoe Deschanel?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's just you know, again, the creativity of okay, we have a, a a limiting set of circumstances. How do we do humanity together uh, yeah. in all of this? Well, and it gets even to like we talked about this last week with our uh, kind of theology of the podcast of like. There is a community formed around this. We, yeah. Even right now, we're talking to each other, but we're talking to a bunch of people that we can't see. Like the, We live in a world where we're well-equipped to have community that is not defined by physical boundaries. And this is... So we, we've what we've been doing for the last 20 years with this internet thing has brought us to this point where we can use this for good. Yeah. And to see it being used for good by so many people is just so exciting and heartening. And that doesn't take away the nastiness of the internet and all of the problems with it, but it's been really, really good. My kids, um, they, uh, our school two years ago decided to give everybody computers, our school district, computers and laptops. And I said, that is terrible. Yeah. Uh, I went to the school board and I complained about it two months in a row and said, like, this is a terrible idea. Like, you haven't done the, the, um, you're not giving us the real data on this. Even people who are involved in this stuff say that screen time is really bad and there's a big difference between learning and playing games. And when you gamify everything, they aren't actually learning. They're just trying to like play, like they aren't learning math. They're just trying to get the rocket to launch. And when they try to do math in real life and there's no rocket to launch, then they don't care like that. Anyway, and and, uh, clearly they didn't care. They still did it because it it just looks, it looks great for a district to say, look, look what we did. We're giving everybody computers. All that said, it's my kids have not missed school and right. we've had a schedule. We've, we've, uh, stole borrowed from the internet. Someone had posted a COVID-19 schedule, which kind of walked you through, like do creative stuff, do school stuff, do out time stuff. And we followed that schedule and it's been so great. It's been exhausting, but the kids have taken to it really well. We haven't had any problems with our kids yeah. and they've had fun. We've had fun. I, it's made me move around a lot more. I'm watching a lot less TV than I would have been doing otherwise, because I don't, I'm trying to keep the schedule with them. And it's been um, a really helpful thing. And we couldn't have done that, Howard, our district, not given everybody laptops. Because day one, right. they were able to just like, take your laptops home, we'll give you stuff on Monday. And yeah. I know a lot of districts like NA, North Allegheny, which is a giant district here, isn't doing that because they they don't have yeah. laptops and things yeah. to disperse. So they're, they're having to, to shuffle around to figure out how to respond to that. So even something that uh, I still think it wasn't a great idea to give them all laptops, but in this kind of situation, now they're equipped to continue to not be separated from their community. They're not going to be held back or stopped in this process in any way. And that's yeah. one of the good things to come out of this over technologification of our lives. Yeah. I think too, you know, thinking about 
the the schedule that everybody's been posting and and some of the funnier ones that have come out um i i I gave a sermon the last sunday we actually had worship about sabbath Mm -hmm. um and I read a great book uh, by John Mark Comer called uh, "The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry," um, and it, it you eventually you became. That before, didn't you? I think I did. Yeah. I, I, I think just, I brought that, that up. It sounds like a great, uh, like title to a My Chemical Romance album. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, so I, I just came off this, you know, reading a book about slowing down, preaching a sermon about actual Sabbath, like taking one day of seven to actually set aside as a Sabbath. I can't help but feel like this is a forced Sabbath for a lot of people. Yes. Um, that 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 we are forced now to step aside from work. In a way, we still have to work from home and stuff like that. You and I were talking beforehand that like we, it takes a lot of energy to be off. Um, but at the same time, I've never spent more time with my kids than I have this week, um, and that's a beautiful thing. Uh, I've never spent more time with my wife than I have this week. And that's a beautiful thing, you know, other than like vacations and stuff like that, that, you know, is fleeting, but this is kind of us stepping into normal life together in a way that I'm not often present to, cause I'm at work or running a meetings or whatever. Yeah. I think that, that one of the interesting things about this is that we're together in a way that you aren't usually. And I, I think one of the things that's been, that's made this week so exhausting for me at least is that I'm really excited about, uh, we have to be creative in ministry now. We can't mm-hmm. just go through the motions. And not only are we not, is that not um, an, an option anymore, it's not even possible. Right. Uh, so we we always want to be creative and do new things in the church, but we always there's always reasons why not. And like we, ha- we still have to do the same stuff. Now we're not allowed to do any of those things. Um, and so we have to come up with more creative ways to engage people. And so the part of me that's been longing to try new things now has all the opportunity to try new things. Yeah. And that uh, being creative is exhausting like that. Yeah. So I think that it, it in not doing the normal things, I haven't just been able to kind of like have a week of Sabbath. It's been a week of my brain just saying, now's the chance. And just like all <laughs> the thoughts are coming. Uh, I think we talked about, I don't know if we talked about this on podcast or this was just a, a conversation that kind of having a brain that is effectively adult ADHD, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Is not, uh, it's not that I can't focus on things. It's that I focus on everything all the time yeah. and that my brain is always noticing everything. Uh, and not in a, like, it's not a braggy th- I'm not saying, look, at, I see everything. Cause I miss so many things, but I'm constantly thinking about all the things. And when I put on, um, music like that's when i fall asleep to music we talked about yeah we talked about this yeah. with, with falling asleep that it, it does allow your brain to focus on one thing so that you can go to sleep yeah. um and now this week it's almost like the governor has been taken off my brain to just say all that stuff that you daydream daydream about could be possible and so <laughs> go crazy yeah it, it's almost been um uh paralyzing because everything is possible <laughs> In yeah. a sense, all all the things that uh, we had to do, we can't do. So all of the limitations have been taken off. And yes, there are new limitations, but those are not um, the typical limitations. And that's exciting. Uh, but then the kind of the, the exhaustion of doing all this stuff and then not being able to gauge it by the normal metrics of like, are people, is this helpful to people? Are they listening to this? Are they watching this? Are they... 
it's kind of like the podcast. We do have some metric of who's listening to it, but it is a wonder of like yeah, how much. Yeah, yeah, does yeah. Do, do you care? Yeah. Um, yeah. The one thing that that we alluded to earlier that I think is a really good thing. This will get to what I think is the most important, one of the most important parts of the story of scripture. Uh, we miss it a lot. We kind of turn the Old Testament just into the story of the Exodus, which is obviously very important. Um, so the Charlton ex- Heston. Yeah. yeah. And the Exodus is the, so Moses getting the Israelites out of Egypt, God getting the Israelites out of Egypt, using Moses to do that. Let my people go. It's the 10 commandments. That, that's that whole story, the whole movie, Charlton Heston movie or Prince of Persia, uh, Prince of Egypt, depending Prince, on your age. Yeah, or Prince if you're younger than 25, then you've never heard this story. So, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, cause you have no movie to connect it to. Um, but the, that whole story kind of defines the Old Testament. And it's a, it's a big part of Jewish identity even today that, that so much, I mean, Passover literally is, that's the end of the Moses story. It's the right. last plague. And so the kind of one of the holiest feasts of the Jewish calendar even today is still based around the notion of the emancipation and, and a God who saves you from slavery. Um, but so that's a big part of it. Then there's the exile, the Babylonian exile, which we don't talk about as much. So mm-hmm. just real briefly, the um, Israel gets the Israelites get to the promised land uh, and they form uh, a kingdom under Saul. Saul is terrible. Then they get David, who is a better king, but he's a, a crazy murderer. And God says, you killed too many people, so you're not allowed to build my temple. His son Solomon, who's known for his wisdom, builds the temple, but he also marries 800 women and uh, gets is very much into different religions and all kinds of things and very political and does all this stuff. And so after he dies, the kingdom gets split into two kingdoms. There's the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Uh, and the northern kingdom gets wiped out. And the, and the southern so the northern kingdom is Israel. Southern kingdom is Judah. Israel gets wiped out. There's not another Israel on the map uh, for 2,500 years. So it's yeah. not until 1948 that there's another place in the world called Israel, even though that word gets thrown around a lot. It disappears uh, about a, thou- a couple hundred years before Jesus. And then there's just Judah, the kingdom of Judah, which is the southern kingdom where Ju- Jerusalem is. The Babylonians come in, which is modern-day Iraq, and the, under Nebuchadnezzar, and they take everybody. <laughs> they kidnap yeah. a nation. That's kind of what they would do. Uh, they, well, all of the smart people, all of the like educated scholars and, and highly skilled, they leave the low-skilled, uneducated people to be there. And they take all of the highly skilled people and they take them back to Babylon. And you have this period called the Babylonian exile. The story of Daniel and the lion's den happens in Babylon. The story of Esther happens in Babylon. A lot of these stories um, that you may have heard in Sunday school happen in the Babylonian exile. Um, they're taken care of there. But they live there. And there's a point. It's the favorite verse that's cross-stitched in your grandma's house somewhere. <laughs> in, uh, um, what is it, Jeremiah? Yeah, Jeremiah. Jeremiah 29.11. 29.11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. That's fantastic. The very next verse is, but not for 70 years. Yeah. Hang so, in there, kids. so what I want you to do is get married to Babylonians to build houses and to get settled for a while. Uh, that's where we are right now. We are in a place where God says, I got you. 
it's gonna, it's gonna be okay. We know this is gonna end, but not yet. Yeah. So the promise down. the promise of salvation is not immediate. It's still a, an assurance. We have nothing to fear, but that doesn't mean that we don't have to endure stuff in the middle. And so res, reside where you are. And that's kind of the point is not that Babylon is not a terrible place, but if you live here the whole time hating the fact that you're not home, it's going to be really lousy. And so take advantage these I love these people too. This experience is good. Uh, and in a sense, we're in the exile right now. We're all exiled to our houses. Uh, and God, I think, is saying to us, look, this is going to take a couple months. Um, your plans are changing, but that doesn't mean that my plan has changed. And so you're going to be okay. So just reside in the fact. Like, find good things to do. Find ways to be healthy. Don't treat every day like it's Christmas vacation and you can eat a whole thing of chocolate donuts all at once. Hey, uh, hey, hey. So I realized the thing that I've done. The last three days, I've drank an entire pot of coffee. Yeah, and uh, my today, coffee consumption is through the roof. Yeah, I am on my. This cup represents the bottom of the pot. <laughs> it's only like <laughs> one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, so that's my thing: is that my heart's gonna explode <laughs> the next couple of days. <laughs> but yeah. but yeah, so the, that sense of the exile is is God saying that it. Don't worry about it. You're gonna be okay. We're gonna figure this out. But there's a reside in this time know that there is good things that will happen in this weirdness that we're in well not only that i think actually one of my favorite verses in the bible comes right after all that um it's jeremiah 29 11 that gets the the play um but in that when he said when god says settle in um you're gonna be here while god says seek the welfare of the city yes Uh, seek the city of these foreigners that you are right who have kidnapped you Right. Uh, You know, dedicate yourself, your time, your energy and your creativity to the benefit of others um, and not to trying to get back to your own glory days and your own desire for what life could be like. Uh, And again, if you look around, it's not that hard. It's already starting to spring up. People are finding creative ways to look out for each other. Um, I watched I'm on a uh, Citizens of Bethel Park Facebook group which is worse than the worst reality television show you've ever seen in your entire life. Uh, so it's partly entertainment for me. Uh, but I saw a post uh, of this young gal who has type 1 diabetes and is like one of the, the potentially vulnerable uh, folks to the to the coronavirus said, I need to get groceries. And her question was, anybody that's out there, what grocery stores have the like smallest lines or the least people in it at what time so I can go out and feel safe about it? Yeah. And like five, ten people were like, I'll go grocery shopping for you. I'll leave it outside your porch. Like, whatever oh, you need. Uh, and like, just seek the welfare of the people around you. What does it look like for us to get creative about looking in on the more vulnerable people in our society, looking in for creative ways to be community instead of bemoaning, oh, it's not the way it should be? Yeah. Um, you know, to live in exile in a way. Yeah. And, and I mean, for some of us too, it may even be. Seeking the welfare of your family in a way that you hadn't otherwise. Like Absolutely. As we both said, we're spending more time with our wives and our kids than we have since vacation. Yeah. And to me, like, it's a delight, but it's still exhausting. It's still a lot sure. of time. Like that, I'm used to have this, especially now that we're rounding out this week, I haven't had a day by myself. Like, the my day off is Thursday. Uh, my wife works during the day. So I usually have from eight to three where I do like household chores and stuff like kind of that alone time to, to unpack and unpro like to process everything and to do some relaxing, get, get certain, get caught up on things. But to have just that downtime 
uh, as a the introverted part of me really longs for that. And the uh, I love my family, and so they don't drain me in the ways that others do necessarily. But it is it's a lot to be with people, yeah. and it and it makes you realize both the ways in which you're actually present and the ways in which maybe you were just in the same room but not really giving them attention. And now that you don't have the excuses of, oh, I got to get to work or I got to go to go to a meeting, you can realize, like, is this time that I'm with them actually as quality as it can be? Yeah. Because it's going to be exhausting either way. So why not get exhausted by having fun instead of getting exhausted by thinking, what are these kids doing? They won't, blah, blah, blah. They're so yeah. loud. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I've been really intentional. So, like, we have uh, our basement for a long time was our junk room. Yeah. Um, where it's See, just like uh, theology of uh, yeah. of garbage. We did that. Yeah. Uh, so, a lot of the garbage went out, and a lot of the garbage went into a room next to the basement that was my <laughs> office. Uh, so, when this all broke, and it, it was kind of clear that I was going to be spending more time at home, Sarah said, you should really clean out your office so you have a space uh, to do work and to, like, step out. Um, which has been good on a couple levels. One, I have an office again that I can do work out of and like make videos and, but anyway, so like, uh, the boys playroom is right outside my office. So this morning I had a, a zoom call that I had to do and, and Sarah was like, should I keep the boys out of the room? And I, my whole thing is like, I'm going to work from home, but I don't want that to be a disruption for the, your day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, come down and play, like be loud, be obnoxious. Um, and that's Sarah, okay. Sarah's is, is- quarantined right like the library is closed yeah sarah's essentially so uh, furloughed yeah. yeah she's we're all all four of us have been home pretty much the whole ride yeah um so it's a it's an interesting thing and again i th- i th- think the key word coming out of all of it is creativity yeah. um you know you can you can sit back and mourn the lifestyle that you are used to and that you don't have and won't have for a couple months or how do you live into this new present reality in a creative way? Yeah. Um, well, and the thing that most of us have, uh, and we don't mean to belittle people who are, who are without work and really struggle. I mean, there's a lot of people who are, this is a terrible time for them. Yeah. Uh, and, small business owners are. In yeah. Well, and, and trouble. small business workers like that. If you didn't yeah. have healthcare, if you don't have these, there's all kinds of things who are like, this is a, this is a really, we don't mean to belittle and minimize the, the risk and the, and the, the cost that this has for many people. But uh, one, please notice those people. If you're one of those people, please ask for help. If you're not one of those people, please look for those people because they're around you. They may be living next door to you or in your family. Um, but what, the one thing that it, all of us have been given by this is time and creativity. Yep. We all have to be creative in some way. It may be like, what am I going to do when this roll of toilet paper runs out? I got to get creative. <laughs> uh, the worst kind of creativity, but it's still creativity. Or yeah. it's... Um, it's just created like, what am I going to do with this time? Or like me, like I have all these things that I've been putting off is now the time to do some of them. And yes, is the answer in a little bit, but no, because I'm still, I don't have, um, I have time to do the things that I didn't have time to do before. I don't have downtime. Yeah. I've got extra time and that's a different thing, but it's a, it's a beautiful gift that is just not available. Even our vacations, we fill our vacations with stuff, not with catch up or creativity we plan our vacations and we spend money on vacation. So we got to get our money's worth and it's not the time to improvise. Whereas now really is. Yeah. hundred percent. Is there one, uh, uh, I might throw this at the beginning. Is there one thing that 
in the that you have found kind of in the corners of time to do that you hadn't done otherwise like uh a pri- here here's the example for me uh we have a nintendo switch that we got at christmas and it's lovely and yeah uh, for Christmas, uh, no, we got it. The boys got it for their birthday in September. And then at Christmas we got some more games and Adrian got me, uh, Zelda breath of the wild for nice, which is, I love Zelda. Uh, I've not been able to play that game. I played it a little bit. And so I, part of me was like wanting to play that game. Uh, there was a sale the other day on NBA 2k 20, <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> I don't really care about sports games, but I am kind of interested in it. And the reviews on this were like crazy good. And I watched the trailer on it. I was like, wow, that's really good. And it's like a $60 game that was on sale for like 15 bucks. And I was like, I'd be losing money not to get this, which is, <laughs> that's the best logic. That's, yeah. that's, that that's why I don't have any savings. Uh, so <laughs> the, uh, but so I got this game and uh, I did, like I played it with the boys last night and it is like watching a basketball game. Like yeah. they, cause I played it just cause I set it up and they were like, can we play? I was like, well, let me see how to play it. And then you guys can play. And as soon as I started playing, they just wanted to watch it. And it was yeah. amazing. And it, I set up a team uh, just, and I, I like only mildly care about the NBA. So I, it's really, uh, it's not, it's a step above me getting a hockey game. Uh, it's not, cause I like both of them, but I have no real connection to either of them. Cause there's no Pittsburgh team for the NBA. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, this, so it's, it's the current roster of everything, but then they do have like a bunch of classic teams and a bunch of classic players and so and you can make up a, your own roster and so i made a team of the seattle, seattle supersonics which is nice. doesn't exist anymore uh and on the seattle supersonics i put four different versions of michael jordan <laughs> like michael jordan 1985 michael jordan 1981 96 and 93 i think i, I think you're cheating uh, I yeah i'm 100% <laughs> cheating but it makes the game super fun i don't want to have to earn anything in this game i just want to have fun i want to play so my starting lineup last night was uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar when he had an afro. So Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> uh, LeBron James, uh, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, Steph Curry, and uh, uh, I think Shaquille O'Neal or maybe Anthony Davis. But it was so much fun. And I'm barely winning games. Like I'm not good at this game, even though I have the most stacked game team possible. But I made up. I think just for fun, you should put Wayne Gretzky on the team just uh, to can't, see. You can't. You can't. Yeah. I did oh. create me. I did create Tyler Dovsky, <laughs> a 40 year old who's, who's the, the weight and size that I am, but made the skills really super awesome. Well, yeah, uh, obviously. Yeah. And he, he is still sitting on the bench. They haven't put him in yet. So oh, I haven't been yeah. able to play him, but boy, it's super well, dream, fun. Dream playing. big buddy. Maybe yeah, someday you'll make it's, it. It's super fun breaking the game. Like I game genied this game and it's, it's, I'm barely winning, but it's really fun. I beat, I beat, I beat uh, the Raptors last night by like one point is very fun. <laughs> I, I haven't done anything like that yet. I think part of, um, yeah, I was thinking this earlier too, when you're talking like Monday, we had a 14 hour day here at the church where I feel like we were just trying to fix everything on the first day. Yeah. I was like, no nah, guys, we're going to be settled into this for a while. Let's just be okay with, it's going to take some time. Um, now that I've kind of settled into a new routine, a couple of the things I have noticed is Sarah and I have eaten every meal together at the dining room table. Yeah. Which I, huh, we're lucky if we get two or three of those in a week. This has been an entire week of every meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, uh, sitting together at the table. That's been sweet. Uh, again, taking the boys out, you know, into the woods, just tromp around on trails. Uh, I love doing that anyway. Um, so just yeah. have more time for that and 
cycling too. Um, I found in my basement and forgot I owned an indoor trainer. So I'm like, yes, I could still ride my bike even when I'm indoors. Uh, so what's an indoor trainer? It's essentially you take your bike um, and you oh, lock yeah. it in. So yep. your back wheel sits on essentially a bike. Treadmill. So you turn your bike into a stationary bike. Right. Yeah. Um, it's boring as heck. So I got to get like a TV or something to put in front of me so I can watch something go yeah. by. Or listen to podcasts. Uh, or listen to podcasts. Yeah. Roughing the pastor. Yeah. Maybe I'll I, catch up. You could catch up. Maybe I'll catch I'm up. I'm just going to start putting stuff in that that <laughs> and wait until you find it. <laughs> That'd be great. It'd, it'd be a while. <laughs> it'd be a while. So I think, you know, this is an interesting time. We're going to be, uh, we've got time to do these. Um, so I think it's interesting to like live in this moment together um, to be a little bit more live with Roughing the Pastor. Yeah. It's a good time to have started a Facebook group. Yep. Um, oh yeah. We started a Facebook group. I'm about ready to offer a $10 bill to anybody that joins the uh, Facebook group and actually is a fan of Superman. Not lies and <laughs> says that you're a fan of Superman, but like actually is a Superman fan. It's $10. That's a, that's a pretty $10 bad $10 dichotomy bill. though. Like I think that especially in the zeitgeist over the last 20 years, Batman has definitely been more accessible. Yeah. And so like part of it is that there's been bad representation on a multimedia level of Superman in the last 20 years. Uh, and also, I mean, that, that's just a bad choice. Batman or Superman is, that's not a great choice. It's like Bugs Bunny or Mickey Mouse. Like, no, yeah. you should just say favorite cartoon character or favorite superhero. That should have been the question. It was just, uh, so on the Facebook page, we put as a, as a getting to know you thing, we put all the questions that we have asked guests of the, of the podcast. And one of them was Batman or Superman. I can't remember why it came up. I think cause we had just talked about MCU or something. Yeah. Um, and so we've asked most of the guests that, uh, where really we should have said, what's your favorite comic book character from a movie or the show? Um, and yeah, so if you go on the Facebook page, tell us what your favorite comic book character is. Yeah, and the Free, correct answer is Superman. It may be. <laughs> I think it'll be Wolverine for a lot of people. That's really true. Or I Wonder Woman. That. Yeah. Or like any, like Captain Marvel. There's a lot of really great... Um, female superhero characters that are underrepresented in the Batman versus Superman question. That's really fair. Yeah. Yeah. Black Widow got delayed. Coronavirus has taken away everything I love. Alas. So uh, in talking of all this, we actually, we had reached out to some friends of ours. Uh, some were f- former guests of the podcast. Some are hopefully future guests of the podcast uh, who uh, were willing to share some some things that they were doing. So here we're actually going live to our satellite <laughs> people on the street reporters to tell us uh, how they've been experiencing the uh, the social distancing and some ways creative ways in which they've been forming community this is sarah from pittsburgh pennsylvania i saw community in the videos from europe of people connecting without leaving their balconies italians singing and playing music together a person standing on a rooftop in spain leading people in an exercise class Parisians standing in their windows and cheering medical workers as they traveled through the streets on their way to work, and people in Ireland using a loudspeaker to play bingo together. I also saw community in the wealth of educational resources that began to be shared as soon as schools started shutting down, and as the week went on, offers of encouragement and grace as reality set in that educating children at home, especially for parents who might be trying to work remotely, is not easy. I also felt community firsthand in the way it presented me with a reason to fast-track a relationship with elderly neighbors. 
We've only lived in our home since October and have met the people in the two houses at the end of our street just one time. But that was enough to know they are in their 80s and their children do not live nearby. We left notes in their mailbox with offers to help, and when they called to say thank you, it presented an opportunity to talk in a way that we otherwise wouldn't have had. Hi guys, this is Reverend Susan Rothenberg, and I'm a Presbyterian minister in Pittsburgh. So last Saturday, March 14th, as we were doing the dinner dishes, I got a call from an epidemiologist at the local health department who told me that I had been exposed to someone with COVID-19 and I had to go into quarantine immediately and not leave the house until March 24th. So this call came just as like the earliest cases were being reported in Pittsburgh. But what was absolutely amazing was the epidemiologist. She spent literally almost an hour on the phone with me and with my husband because we were really flipping out, had so many questions. And as I think about it in retrospect, I realized that this woman, who was so incredibly kind and patient and gracious, was probably freaking out herself. Um, she probably had, had very little sleep and had a strong sense of foreboding of what was to come. So although I've been stuck inside my house for the past week, which hasn't been fun, I just keep thinking about that woman from the health department and how much in that moment she was like Jesus to me and my family. And I've been thinking about all of those people at county health departments and in hospitals and labs who will be having these conversations one person at a time and will probably be doing that for months to come. So I've realized that even if every Christian church in the world shuts down in the next couple of months, one of the places I think we'll keep seeing Jesus is in places like county health departments. P.S. I feel fine. Be good, guys. Bye. Hello, this is Isabella speaking from Pittsburgh. Um, so in the past couple weeks we've had to do social distancing I think it was two days ago where I went to the grocery the giant eagle store right near my house and um there's a bagger there his name's Shane and he is I think he has special needs but um he no matter who it was would connect with absolutely everybody he was talking to the woman in front of me and he was saying how um he remembered going to school with her sister who just had a baby and that um, you know, he'll be praying for them and, you know, just kept talking and it was so great to see community in that way. And when I went up to, um, you know, get my stuff and check out, he was like, oh my gosh, I remember you, you haven't been here for such a long time. What are you doing right now? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to like school in Ohio. And it was just really great to feel, you know, noticed and that people, um, do remember you. And he, I think has the, gift of community. I think God gifted him with the most beautiful um, heart and uh, the fact that he can just remember and connect with people like with it's, it's, it's just really great to see and um, yeah and he said to me that he's actually kind of happy that um, everybody has to go to the grocery store now because then he can see even more people um, and I think that was just really heartwarming that you can find you know goodness in all of this chaos. This is Sophia Na from Jamison, PA, and I saw community this week at my neighborhood mailbox. 
Um, so my family just moved to this neighborhood um, and I just moved home from being at school so I haven't really had a chance to you know meet any of my neighbors or anything. Um, Anyway, the mailboxes are all at this one unit at the corner of a cul-de-sac, right near a little playground. So, I was going to get the mail, and while I was there, I met this guy, Jerry, who has a giant Labrador retriever, and a little girl, Sia, who was playing on the playground with her mom. Um, and so, these were the first neighbors that I honestly ever met in our neighborhood, and, you know, we introduced ourselves to each other, we talked about how strange this all was, um... They asked if I was new, where I live, things like that, um, and it was just a really weird um, but lovely welcome into into this neighborhood community um, that, you know, I hadn't experienced yet, but it was awesome. It may seem a little bit backward because we had to cancel my daughter's fifth birthday party, uh, but the phone calls that have come from calling around to friends and family saying that we're going to have to cancel. Uh, have actually turned into more meaningful conversations than perhaps we would have had, uh, even if they had been over to our home for the party. So yeah, time on the phone and connection with family has been huge, even in the wake of having to cancel um, time when we would have physically been together. So something I've seen that's played out and been interesting and surprising. Over the past week, I've seen a lot of community. Um, churches have been posting services online and um, our neighborhood Facebook page was trying to organize something to reach out to seniors who might be shut in. Um, but I think where it stood out for me the most is um, how our elementary school has come together. Our principal has been posting daily messages to the kids on Facebook, Twitter, and Seesaw. And after each message, there's a prompt for kids to respond. Um, Tuesday was uh, show us your workspace, and Wednesday was show us a picture of you and your pet, and yesterday it was um, get outside and get some exercise, so there were pictures of kids bike riding and playing outside when it was sunny, and more so I think than anything else, it's really made me feel like we're all in this together with our kids and our community. Hey, this is Kaylin. I live in St. Louis and currently work in Edwardsville, Illinois at First Presbyterian Church of Edwardsville. And I have to say that there are three places I've seen community come together this week. First, we have a team of deacons that has uh, begun connecting with different um, families and, and church members who aren't able to get out to the stores. Second, uh, a friend from seminary back in Pittsburgh uh, reached out and uh, just connected with a couple of us to say, hey, how are you doing in this crazy time? And uh, it started a really cool uh, group conversation, which is nice. And third, I would say, is online. Uh, I saw a friend who is immunocompromised, uh, and she was able to get somebody to deliver her milk and the other groceries that she needed um, just by posting on Facebook and saying, hey, I need help. And so that was really cool to me. Hey, this is Carl Anderson coming from just outside of Denver, Colorado. I am a temporary youth leader at a Presbyterian church out here. And one of the ways that I've seen community has to actually do with our practice of social distancing 
that we're implementing at the church. Like lots of folks, we're using Zoom for our meetings. And a week ago, when we made the tough choice to shut down youth group, uh, we started up via Zoom. And it just so happened that the lesson for the night had to focus on Jeremiah 29:11, that super popular youth group verse, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to give you hope and a future not to harm you, but to prosper you, or something like that. Uh, but we were talking about how in a time of uncertainty, that this was God's message. And actually the chapter or the verse right before it says, if you want the truth, this is what the eternal has to say. You will remain in Babylon for 70 years. And when that time is over, I will come to you and I will keep my promise of bringing you back home. And just talked about how oftentimes we want the quick fix, but the reassurance that God is with us, even in the midst of uncertainty Uh, And that's one of the ways that we're trying to figure out community, understanding that God is showing solidarity with us, even as we're unable to do what feels like normal, we have a God that decides to walk alongside us. We feel more and more like NPR every day, you know? (laughs) Yeah, you can only be on NPR if you have uh, a a name that is impossible to spell. There, without having seen it. I think there was... David Green somehow snuck in there, but everybody else has... Steve Inskeep. How do you spell that? It doesn't matter. So that's a here's a question for you. Uh, for the Twitter, what's your favorite NPR name? And see if you can spell it. There was an SNL skit a little while back where like they showed orientation at NPR and like Tom Smith walks in and he goes, <laughs> no, now your name's Corva Coleman. You know, like... <laughs> Corva Coleman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. And also, here's a, a deep dive that like is both exciting and uh, it's not disturbing but it's just shocking is Google pictures of NPR people (laughs) if you're a regular NPR listener seeing what Ira Glass looks like for the first time you're like well that makes 100% sense but at the same time not it makes no sense at all right um, who's the, the fresh air? Terry Gross. Terry Gross is a good one. Oh, yeah. As soon as you see what Terry Gross looks like, you're like, that's not what I would have imagined, but I now can't imagine anything other than that. It's so appropriate, yet 100% not what I thought she looked like. Yeah. She looks like a, like a little munchkin. Like she is just <laughs> some magical woodland creature <laughs> who comes out to uh, do this uh, interview show on, on NPR. This seems as good a time as any to confess my love and, and longing for Diane Reem. Diane Reem oh, was Diane the Reem. best. Diane Reem had this old lady voice because she had had some kind of like uh, throat issue that she had to have surgery. And so she had old lady voice for the last 30 years. Yeah. And she's now like 70. But she had really like an old, and she was the host of a regular show, the Diane Reem show on NPR. And she had this lovely like old lady grandma voice. When she was 40. And she was and a killer interview. It. She was great, but she had kind of an old. Yeah. She sounded a little like Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> Welcome to the Diane Reem Show. And she spoke a little too slow yep. for public radio. It was good. She's still around. She is, I, yeah. She just retired from the show last year. I just miss it, you know? Yeah. So I think, you know, this is an interesting time. Um we've got time to do these. Um, so I think it's interesting to like live in this moment together, um, to be a little bit more live with roughing the pastor. It's a good time to have started a Facebook group, uh, which, Oh yeah, we started a Facebook group. I'm a, so stay away from Facebook except for in this one instance and go do this. Yeah. And it's, 
what were you gonna say? I'm about ready to offer a ten dollar bill to anybody that joins the uh, Facebook group and actually is a fan of Superman. Not lies and says that you're a fan of Superman, but like actually is a Superman fan. Ten dollars. That's, that's a ten dollar. That's a pretty bill. bad dichotomy, though. Like I think that, especially in the zeitgeist over the last twenty years, Batman has definitely been more accessible. Yeah. And so, like, part of it is that there's been bad representation on a multimedia level of Superman in the last 20 years. Uh, and also, I mean, that, that's just a bad choice. Batman or Superman is, that's not a great choice. It's like Bugs Bunny or Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Like, no, you should just say favorite cartoon character or favorite superhero. That should have been the question. It was just, uh, so on the Facebook page, we put as a, as a getting to know you thing, we put all the questions that we have asked guests of the, of the podcast. And one of them was Batman or Superman. I can't remember why it came up. I think because we had just talked about MCU or something. Yeah. Um, and so we've asked most of the guests that. Uh, where really we should have said, "What's your favorite comic book character from a movie or a show?" Um, and yeah. So if you go on the Facebook page, tell us what your favorite comic book character is. Yeah, and the correct answer is Superman. It may be. <laughs> and I think it'll be Wolverine for a lot of people. That's really true. I would accept. Or that. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Or like any like Captain America or Captain Mar Captain Marvel. There's a lot of really great um, female superhero characters that are underrepresented in the Batman versus Superman question. That's really fair. Yeah. 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 Black Widow got delayed. Coronavirus has taken away everything I love. Alas. Yeah. But yeah, so I I would say you know let's live in this together. Let's be present on Facebook. Uh, I will post the link to the worship jam tonight. Uh, yeah, which is put it on Facebook too. in the past for you all, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, question for the uh, for the for the Twitters and for the Facebook. Yeah, is uh, what are some cool things, creative ways in which you've uh, been managing the uh, social distancing so far? What are some new things that you're trying? Uh, what are some things that you would like to do going forward? And I'm particular. And then maybe what are some struggles too? Like what what's been the hardest thing? Yeah. I'm particularly interested, too, to just kind of tweak the question a little bit in ways that you're creatively creating community. Um, yes. Because, yes. like, again, cleaning out my basement was a creative thing to do, but it didn't really foster any community with anybody. Um, Absolutely. But, but I think those are the more interesting avenues of this is to, you know, we have to stay away from each other. How do we create community? I, th I saw a post. I think I re reposted it on Facebook. Um, that we should be practicing physical distance and social nearness. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the exact right sentiment. Um, I like that a lot. Yeah. Anyway, been good to do a Zoom Zoom podcast. We are yeah, this is great. no more focused I'll, doing it this way than we are in person. Oh, <laughs> so this does avail the opportunity for guests. So if you'd like to be a guest uh, and have some sort of recorder we could do this it's a little more complicated in terms of the editing but i apparently i've got some time uh <laughs> and uh we yeah we're still gonna be doing them so uh now more than ever this is time for social togetherness even in our physical separateness absolutely so until next week i'm jay and i'm tyler <laughs> and this has been Rubbing the pastor. <laughs> we do a crypt keeper voice. Well, it's been roughing the pastor. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Did you ever watch Tales from the Crypt? Did you ever watch Tales from the Crypt? Oh, yeah. Okay, I was going to say, 
Because that's uh, that was a real hearty laugh that could have just been like, I appreciate your creepy no, voice, but yeah. No, no. Tales of the Crypt, boy. Yeah. That was an interesting show. That messed me up as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, we'll see you next week, everybody. <laughs> see ya. Bye. <laughs>